Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Over Easy. My name is Manny, in case you are new here, or welcome back. I am back. Hello, friends. I missed you guys. I did not post last week. And if you listened to my last episode, then you will know why I got my wisdom teeth removed last week. And I thought I would maybe be able to record depending on my recovery. But literally one week ago today, I looked like a chipmunk. Um, My cheek was so swollen and it just hurt so much to talk. So Obviously, I couldn't really film a podcast, so I am back this week. I am sorry about missing last week, but honestly, what was I going to do? I hope you are doing well whenever you are listening to this. I have so much to update you guys on, I guess. I don't even know, but let's get started with a rosebud and thorn, as we always do. Okay, so my rose is that last night i went to the night market with one of my friends the night market is open all summer long here and more recently since covid i have only gone like once a year i remember in high school there was one summer where i went like upwards of five to six times in one summer But now that I'm a little bit older and also things are just more expensive there, I definitely only go like probably once a year and it was really fun. I had mixed like expectations because, you know, it was a little bit more expensive and everyone was kind of complaining about that online. But honestly, the food was super good and I did a little bit of shopping. I bought some rings that I'm wearing today and I bought a phone case and... I mean, that's that's that. And there was a dance performance. So we watched a little bit of the dance performances at the end of the night. It was just like a really like wholesome time. Like It was a good like one night thing to do. Very fun. I enjoyed it. I got a case to five case. I don't know how the store was selling it, but I got a new phone recently. I got the iPhone 14 Pro, which I have not updated my new phone or like a phone since 2020. I had the iPhone 11. So getting this one was definitely like a big step up. I'm like, oh my God, this phone goes so fast. And also I have so much more storage on my phone, which I'm really happy about because my old phone would freeze all the time because it was always out of storage. So I'm definitely very grateful for that but it, because of that I needed to get a new case I was looking online on case to five because you know everyone talks about it and stuff like that but it's just so freaking expensive like the cheapest option is like still 65 or 50 dollars USD which convert that back to Canadian is really freaking expensive right now but there was this one night market stall that was selling case to five cases for $30 and I was like how could I pass this up so I got this cute little case that is a little mirror and some pink waves. It says, don't be afraid to put your mental health first. Very, very affirmation me of me, very me. I really like it and just like that my like phone is protected now. I did order one online, but it'll be fine. I can just switch between the two whenever I feel like it, but I am very pleased with this night market find, which is, I, I don't know why the store was selling it for so cheap because they're literally like not even making 50% cost back which is crazy unless they sourced these in some unethical way. I have no idea. I didn't want to ask, but I was like so surprised that they were selling them for so cheap and I like it. It's so cute. Okay. Anyways. So that was my biggest night market find from this year in terms of night market food. My friend and I, we got these lamb boughs. They were so good. We got skewers of course. And then, uh, drinks. I got a, passion fruit sparkling drink which was like exactly what I was craving it was perfect and then for dessert actually one of my friends opened his own night market stall so we went I wanted to go and try that was like the biggest reason why I wanted to go to the night market this year because all my friends were talking about his stall and he ended up giving it to us for free which is it was so good it was like probably literally the best thing I've ever had at the night market it is like mochi french toast filled with different flavor uh filling and then with ice cream, oh, it's so it's so good. I would literally go back to the night market just for that. Delicious. So that was my night market experience. It was very, very fun. I had a really good time and just enjoyed doing things. You know, I, I realized recently that I really enjoy being alone now, like so much so that like, I'm like, should I be worried that, you know, I love being alone all the time? But 
it's fine. I also enjoy being with friends and doing stuff like that as well. So that was, that's my rose. I need a bud and a thorn. Um, my bud is maybe, okay. My bud is next week. I'm going to a Japan fest, which is basically this market in Vancouver. Oh wait, no, let me talk about, I have many buds. My, my bud in general is that I'm just doing a bunch of things on the weekends now because it's summer and there's so many events going on. Like today, after I film my episode, I'm going to go to the farmer's market. I went to one last week and it was just so much fun and so wholesome. And I'm going to one today, probably just going to pick up like flowers and bread I don't even know what's there but just going to check it out is still so much fun and then next week I'm going to Japan Fest with my friends which is basically like it's like a it's not a farmer's market but it's like a market and all of the vendors sell Japan themed things I went to it last year last summer and there was like Japanese pottery handmade like pottery pieces there was a green tea food truck stall there was um stickers and you know like stuff like that you know with Japanese themed like cartoons and animes and stuff like that and like clothing as well so I'm just really excited to go back and honestly just like doing things is so much fun right now so I'm really excited for that also just like excited for the rest of summer because the past few weeks have been so nice and so fun that I'm really excited like I feel like I just recently started doing things every single weekend before maybe in like April or early May I wasn't making plans and I would literally be by myself all weekend, which is fine, but obviously it's like not fun. It's fun for me to have a mix of social time and time by myself. So right now I'm like really looking forward to the weekends because I get to do so much fun stuff with my friends. We might go camping soon. I'm just like, ah, I love summer and I'm so excited. So that is my big bud for sure. My thorn is... um. I let me think 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 okay my thorn is that yesterday I had a counseling session and we're gonna get a little real right now because you know this is real-time stuff I'm dealing with I had a counseling session yesterday and I just realized in that session that I have a lot of stuff that I need to still work on the biggest thing right now is that I have a lot of emotions regarding my breakup and moving on from that that I still need to really work through it's really easy to shove all that under the rug and just be like oh my god I'm having so much fun every single weekend with my friends and stuff like that but that's not getting over the breakup right that is just kind of covering it up and eventually that's going to come back and kind of bite you in the butt so yesterday I was in counseling and kind of like my counselor was really prodding me yesterday which was kind of you know I was a little bit I was very uncomfortable he was like really pushing me but it's good because it made me realize that you know I do still have a lot to work on in terms of all these emotions that I feel the reasons why I feel them and learning to deal with that because I think one thing for me is that I'm like a very positive and optimistic person and I know that that is how I'm perceived by a lot of people so sometimes I think because I feel the pressure to upkeep this image of myself that I can't be sad and I can't be angry and I can't be you know all these quote-unquote negative emotions they're not negative because they're not they're not bad they're just they're emotions and they're valid and we need to feel them but I feel like because I am known to be so positive and like easygoing that I feel like I can't let myself express them because that's like out of character for me when I need to understand that actually this is also a part of me and I do need to deal with this and these emotions are telling me a lot of things about things that I need to work through so yeah yesterday I was definitely very uncomfortable during counseling so it was like a yeah definitely an interesting session so that's kind of my thorn I guess I just you know I I feel like I present a very happy-go-lucky image but just know that everyone's working through something and I am definitely still working through things on my own and just trying to figure it out 
But anyways, that is my check-in for today. Let me tell you about my wisdom teeth recovery though, actually, because that is pretty important. I made a whole vlog. I vlogged that entire weekend that I got my wisdom teeth out. So you can watch that if you would like. I believe when this episode, oh, it'll go up on Thursday when you're when this episode goes live. So it's not up yet if you're listening to the day that this is up. But anyways, I feel like I'm talking so fast because I'm just like so excited to like podcast right now. (laughs) Um, But my wisdom teeth recovery. So I did my surgery on Thursday morning. I opted to go for a very early surgery because you can't eat and I can't drink water before because I'm going under sedation. It's not like full anesthesia, but it's like I was asleep. I they said I would be going in and out of sleep, but I was asleep. I closed my eyes and then I woke up and I was done. Um, the gen- uh, the surgery generally went very smoothly. One of my I only got my right side wisdom teeth out, so the top and the bottom on the right side, and then I'm gonna do the left side maybe next year. I split it up. Originally, I was gonna do all four. But then I found out my insurance only covers up to a certain dollar amount and doing all four would be more than that dollar amount. So it's easier if I split it up because then next year it'll get covered by my insurance rather than this year. So that logistics wise, I just only could do two. But anyways, I'm very grateful actually that I made that change because I feel like had I gotten all four out, I would not have survived. So I only got the right side out. Uh, The biggest reason why I did the right side first was because my top wisdom tooth on my right side is literally rotated 90 degrees and it was growing into my mouth so the doctor was like you need to get that out asap before it starts like literally growing into your mouth and coming out of your gums so you know we had to do that the surgery i fell asleep as i said i was under i don't know what it's like sedation i guess is what you can call it but when i woke up i just remember being so tired i think i finished at like 9 30 in the morning my surgery and I think my mom did not come I was like so tired so I don't really know the exact timeline but I don't think my mom came until like 10 30 but that whole hour I was just so tired and I wanted to go to bed like the nurses were like are you okay like you look like you're dead but I was just like I'm so tired I just want to sleep so that was that and then the day of that general recovery I got my painkillers like right on the first day so luckily I could just take painkillers whenever I wanted to but honestly I actually didn't have a ton of pain um the biggest thing was just like it's not pain but you just feel your mouth if that makes sense like you just acknowledge that there's something there I was bleeding a lot and the bleeding did not stop until honestly like five six hours later but that is fine basically what i did that whole day was just watch uh youtube and i watched the entire series of american born chinese on disney plus so that was my entire first day of wisdom teeth recovery i did not move and i just watched tv uh i could go off about the american born chinese series but we're not going to talk about it because that's like a totally different tangent anyways Then the second day, the second day I was like unsure about how I was going to recover. Like some people are totally not okay and some people are totally fine. Luckily for me, I was pretty okay. My mouth was definitely super swollen, but luckily because I only got one side out, I could still eat with my left side. And so I could still eat like semi-soft foods. Um, I definitely could not open my mouth a ton. But at least I could somewhat chew with my left side. So I didn't have to only eat liquids, which I'm really grateful for. I ended up having like noodles and um, I had smoothies and stuff like that. But I did have a lot of noodles and bread, not bread, just soft stuff. I don't know. Soup, you know, the second day was pretty okay my yeah as I said my cheek was super swollen but I ended up because I took the day off work I ended up running errands doing grocery shopping and stuff like that because I had the time um pretty much after my wisdom teeth recovery until so I got my wisdom teeth out on Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday and Monday those first four days pretty much were like oh my mouth cannot open much and I can't talk much and it hurts and it's swollen but then by Tuesday I was like pretty fine and nothing 
like I was like, okay, it's kind of over. And now it is Sunday. So it's been like nine days since my surgery. I am not completely like done and recovered. I can definitely still feel my mouth and like it's still, they're still feeling there at my gums. It's not that it hurts, but it just, I don't, I don't know. I just feel my mouth. Um, but it's like, I'm totally fine now. I can eat. I can talk. I have a big bruise on my face, but that's fine. So that was my wisdom teeth recovery. I'm very grateful that it went very smoothly and it was great. Okay. Now that that's over, let's do an affirmation of the day because you know, we got to do our affirmation. Let's see. Okay. Are you ready? The affirmation of this episode is asking for help is not a weakness, but a strength. Ooh, are there things that you need help with that you're not asking for help for? Let me think about if I have anything that I'm asking for help or I need help with. I would definitely say maybe like my just getting over my breakup has been tougher than I thought it would be. Because at first I was like, oh, this is fine. Whatever. I'm keeping myself busy. But once, you know, you keep up that facade for so long, once it's like over, you're like, oh, actually I have a lot of things to still process. So luckily I'm getting help from my counselor and, you know, spending time with friends really helps as well. Anyways, today we are doing a fun advice episode because I love giving advice So eventually when this podcast gets bigger and, you know, we have a bigger audience, not that I don't love you guys now, I do really appreciate the support, but I feel like if I asked for people's situations where they need advice on, I wouldn't get many replies. But anyways, I went on Reddit and I found a few situations where people need advice and I am going to give advice because... I feel like I have grown a a lot, especially since my breakup. So like in the last two months, three months or so. And I I feel like even since then, I've already changed into like a completely, not a completely different person, but just like I've changed a lot and a lot of my mindset has changed. And so I picked a few questions from Reddit. We're going to dive deep into their situations and I'm going to give advice based on what I would do or maybe what they should do, whoever these people are. And maybe if these people somehow stumble upon my podcast and haven't figured out their situation yet, they can apply my advice if they want. So let's get into it. All right, let's get started with the first question advice I don't even know what these are called the title is it's a long title I'm 20 years old and I have absolutely zero friends no social life no job dropped out of college never even hugged a girl before let alone been on a date kissed or had sex with one never been to a party before and have zero good life memories give me a reason to not be severely depressed description I also don't have a driver's license, have a severe porn addiction, and have no family members in the picture except for my parents. Why in the world should I not be severely depressed? The best years of my life are gone, and before you tell me that's not true, just admit that's a cope because you feel the exact same way. There are many once-in-a-lifetime events and opportunities that happen in your teens and early 20s and have missed out on all of them due to being homeschooled, COVID, and then being too much of a pussy to be social in college when I was there. Very, um, let me just tell you what I think when I read this, first of all. The overwhelming, I feel like you can express a lot in your words, even if you don't say it explicitly. Implicitly, the way that you write about things can tell a person a lot about how you feel. And when I first read this, when I was picking this up for the episode, I was like, damn, this guy has a very pessimistic attitude, which is totally fine given, okay, it's not totally fine, but just given the events that he has gone through. Actually, I assume this is a man because, actually, I can't assume. I have no idea. Uh, So I'm going to say they. I just assume that they 
like all of these things that they feel like they're lacking out on have compounded and made them even more upset than they would have been regularly. But the problem is the big thing that I, that came out to me when I was reading this question or situations on a question, it's that a lot of the things that they feel like they're missing out on are just things that they should be doing. And it's a big case of the shoulds and not enough of what they actually want. Because I've, I've felt this way too for the longest time because I didn't have my first kiss or first like romantic experience at all until I was in grade 12. And even though in the grand scheme of things, grade 12 is still really, really early compared to the rest of my friends. I was like, why am I the last person? Like, this is crazy. Like, I felt so behind and I felt so pressured and ashamed of myself because I wasn't the same as the rest of my friends. But I guess this, the biggest thing to me that pops out with this question is what kind of standards are you using to define what your life, what the meaning of your life should be based on? Because this person is obviously defining the purpose and meaning of life to be friends, social life, job, college, hugging and physical intimacy going to parties, stuff like that. And that can be part of a great life for some people, but that doesn't have to be for everyone. The great thing is that you can decide what you want your life to be comprised of and also what the standard of a good life is. Because for me, like for example, given this big list, going to a party right now is not really on my list of things that I think will make me happy, right? Like right now in my life, I'm like, uh, going to a party seems more, needs more effort than would give me benefits back, if that makes sense. So also another thing is I feel like a lot of people in their 20s, me included, I we feel like we have missed out on so much because of COVID and that shutting down so much of our life. I feel like when I was graduating university for the longest time, for a period of time, like near the end of my undergrad and also after I graduated, I was so mad and upset that COVID happened because I was like, well, like I didn't really get the university experience that I wanted and it was because of COVID and stuff like that. After thinking about it for a long time, I realized like actually I had still one and a half years before COVID happened when I was in university. And even though COVID didn't happen, I didn't really do everything that I wanted to. So putting some of the blame back on yourself instead of always blaming these external events also helps you to kind of get your butt into motion when when I kind of made that perspective change and I was like, well, actually it's kind of my fault too because in first year I had a great experience or I had a great opportunity to meet new people when I was living on dorm, but I still only ended up staying with the friends that I already knew and I didn't really make an effort to make new friends. So for this person in in particular, what I would suggest is... First of all, to redefine what you want a meaningful life to be comprised of. And that is obviously a very loaded question. That's not something you can just figure out in one afternoon. I would say definitely first focus on building a good life for yourself. So what that looks like is you don't have to go back to school right away, but I would say trying to be independent is like one of the best ways that you can grow. So trying to be financially independent. So that looks like getting a job of some sort so that you have some sort of income to fund your hobbies, fund your life, fund your food. And then spending time by yourself. So what that also looks like building a healthy life is making sure you're getting exercise 
So starting to go to the gym or you could be doing home workouts or just going on walks. I feel like if you're missing out on a lot of these social things, what you need to do first is go from the inside out. So make sure that your life and yourself, you don't have to be perfect to get friends, but at least build some sort of foundation. Because one of the biggest things is that when you're looking to make friends and stuff, people are not as inclined to be friends with people who can tell my wording is not making sense. Wait, hold on. My throat is really dry from talking too much. Woo. Sorry. So what I was saying is I feel like when you go out and meet new people, if other people can tell that you don't have your life together, they're not very inclined to be friends with you or be friendly with you. I I mean, I've been I've been feeling this exactly when I go to the gym. Recently, I've been talking to a lot more people that go to my gym and go to the classes that are on the same time as me. And I've been making a lot more like not friends, but like acquaintances. And I can definitely say as harsh it is as it is, I've seen other people who come to the fitness classes, but you can just tell they're mentally not there or kind of just scrambling. Like all of us are kind of less inclined to talk to people like that. That feels, I feel like that's kind of mean to say, but it is kind of like the reality is that we're not even just romantically attracted, but just generally attracted to making social connections with people who look and act competent. And I mean, that's kind of like a biological need, right? Because biologically, we want to associate with people who can help us, help us survive. That was kind of the idea when survival was a bigger problem. Now that, you know, survival is not always our biggest issue. It's not at all. We still have those biological needs of wanting to associate with people who have who have greater resources or look like they have good connections. It's all about how you present yourself. So yes, for this person generally, I would suggest working on yourself first. Also, you kind of talked about, I don't have a driver's license and have no family members in the picture except for my parents. Those aren't bad things. First of all, driver's license is something you can work on right away. There's really nothing stopping you because at least in BC, the first test that you do is a knowledge test. And that is literally studying the rules of the road. So while you're getting your life together, you could focus your time on working out and exercising to make sure your body is healthy and also studying for your driver's test and then taking driving lessons. I don't know what the relationship with your parents look like. I don't know if that's a good relationship or not, but if it is a good relationship and you can rely on them, then you can also ask them to help you with driving lessons. It, a lot of this life is going to be based on what you want to achieve. Nothing is going to be given to you afterwards, especially after you come out of high school and university. You have to at least show that you desire these things. If you don't tell people around you that you want these things, no one's ever going to know and help you. For me, when I was getting my driver's license at before I turned 16, because 16, the day of your 16th birthday, you can get your driver's license, your like uh, learning permit. Even before that, when I was like t- about to turn 16, I was obsessed with getting my driver's license. Uh, that was always something I wanted. And I told everyone, I was like, I'm going to go on my 16th birthday. I want to get it as early as possible and stuff like that. Like I made it very known to everyone and I studied really hard for the test. And then I ended up getting my driver's license. I feel like if you have goals and that might be hard for you right now, because you might be coming from a low self-image and a low self-esteem, you need to at least make those goals known to yourself and not talk down to yourself about them. Because yeah, we all set goals for ourselves that maybe aren't super realistic. But if you don't tell yourself that you want it and make it known to yourself and the universe, then no one can help you, right? What if your goal is 
to get a driver's license and you actually never told your parents and your parents are actually like, oh, well, actually, I know this driver uh, driving teacher that is totally free all the time and can help you right now and will give us a discount on classes. You would never know because you never voiced what you wanted. So I hope that helps. A lot of this question is about an attitude change and also working on yourself first, which I think is very important, especially in your early 20s. I know us in our early 20s, we feel like everything is like at the end of the world. And like if we don't do something, it's like the end of the world. But I have realized since living in my early 20s, it's not that big of a deal. Nothing is ever as big of a deal as you think it is. And we just all need to chill out. That's my general advice. Okay, let's move on to the next one. The next one is how to convince myself to be okay with being single and alone. I have a problem of having this idea that a relationship slash marriage will be the solution in my life. And I get too attached to whoever I talk to slash date. I just got out of a relationship where I was expecting too much out of someone who didn't even care. I always have this idea that whoever I'm dating is in the same boat as me. For example, our end goal is to marry and live happily together. But it seems I always attract people who don't want that. So I want to focus on myself and keep the idea that a relationship slash marriage is a goal in my life aside. I want to be content with myself and not wait and worry for the right person to come. Okay. Obviously, I chose this one because I am currently single and I want to share my advice about how I have kind of coped with the fact that, you know, I'm single now. I don't have a person always there for me. Like, obviously, I have friends and family in my life, but, you know, having a partner is a little bit different from friends and family. So how to convince yourself to be okay with being single and alone? I actually wanted to make a podcast episode all about how to be okay with doing things alone because recently I have been pushing myself out of my comfort zone and just showing up to things by myself. I So for the longest time, I would say my first breakup, the main healing part was being okay doing things alone. So what that looked like was going to the gym by myself, going to the library by myself. I know these are really simple tasks, but sometimes we can kind of work it up in our heads too much and get really psyched out about what will people think of me showing up to these places by myself. Like I don't have a friend to go with me and stuff like that. Grocery shopping, you know, those kind of like mundane chores. I've realized literally, first of all, no one is looking at you. No one cares. They're, everyone is always too obsessed with themselves. And that's the first thing. Now, recently, what I've been working on is showing up to like organized events by myself. So a couple weeks ago, I went to a flea market totally by myself. And I was really, really intimidated because this flea market was like an actual like organized hosted event. I don't know if this makes sense to you, but there's like a difference in my mind between, you know, going thrifting at the thrift store by myself and going to an organized flea market event by myself, right? I just felt like I would be judged if I was going by myself and I would look weird because I'm alone, but I pushed myself to go and it ended up being totally fine. I actually really enjoyed going by myself. One of the biggest reasons why I find going to things yourself is so much fun is because you don't feel that pressure to like have to maintain the other person's needs, which is kind of selfish to say. But what I mean by that is like when you go to hang out, let, let's say I went to the flea market with another person Actually, no, I'll give you the example of last night when I went to the night market. Because I went with a friend, we we always had to talk about what do we want next? What do we want next? And we had to kind of debate, not debate, but like just discuss. And sometimes I might feel bad like, oh, I do want this, but she doesn't want it or she wants this, but I don't really want it. Like we can feel kind of like, oh, I feel kind of bad for making my friend go to this thing that I don't even know if they really like. So there's like a lot of social friction that way I guess and one of the best things about going to things by yourself is that none of that exists because if you want to go to a booth you just go to the booth yourself and you just get what you want and then you go 
one thing for me, what I really like to do at flea markets is what I'll do first is I'll walk around the whole market and look at every single booth first to see what is being sold. And then I'll go back and go. I honestly go to booths like two to three to four to five times because I'm like, oh, I'm still deciding if I want to get that thing. I'll go to something else and then come back. I don't know if any of my friends would enjoy this same shopping pattern as me, but because I go by myself, like I can just do what I want and I don't have to really think about what another person like I don't have to be considerate of the other person. So anyways, that was a super side tangent, but just know when you get to that step of, you know, going out to farmer's markets and events by yourself, that there's also a lot of positive of going to things by yourself. You also just get to genuinely enjoy by yourself, which I think is so much fun. But anyways, when you're starting, let's go back to the beginning. When you're starting being okay with being single and alone, one of the things that I was actually talking about in my counseling session yesterday is that there's a part of me that really misses being in a relationship. And I can always talk to myself about like, oh, well, I miss being able to have physical intimacy. I miss having a partner to do stuff with. Like you always miss the very positive parts. Of course, we naturally have confirmation bias and we want to think of things that affirm our beliefs. But you need to also like remind yourself that there's another side to it that your brain is just not really thinking about because it wants to confirm the biases that you have. So for example, when I get into those thought patterns of, oh, I miss my relationship with my ex, I miss so-and-so and this and that. I also turn back and I look at, okay, wait, but this relationship wasn't really right for either of us. There were things that were missing that ultimately did not make us happy. And we ended up getting really upset at each other all the time. So being able to realize those negatives as well, I think gives a really good perspective change and offers just a little bit more of a scope of beliefs. And then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, wait, I remember these things. Maybe I'm just missing having a partner and not this specific partner in general. For this person in specific, because they've already talked about it. They talked about that. They always have this idea that whoever whoever they're dating is in the same boat as them. For example, our end goal is to marry and live happily together. But it seems I always attract people who don't want that. So they also kind of have that idealized version of the people that they're dating. That is definitely something that is very harmful. What I've realized is you should not and cannot project these future desires that you have onto other people. It is really harmful for not just yourself, but for that person as well, because they'll feel like they can never live up to what you want and you will never be satisfied with what they are able to provide. So stopping those images for sure when you feel like you are creating them again is also very important. I would say last but not least, being okay with uh, being single and alone comes from having a strong sense of who you are, a self-image, and self-esteem so working on those aspects works i feel like that's like the theme of this episode so working on yourself looking at like i know people don't like doing those corny activities but literally asking yourself like what do you value in your life whether that's what do you value like what do you think is makes up an important life what do you value in your friends what do you value in your family like stuff like that. I feel like a big, a lot of self-reflection will help you figure out who you are generally, what you like, stuff like that. And also challenging yourself to do new things. I have been trying to do that since my breakup, just doing all different types of activities. And I have learned so much about myself and what I enjoy doing all the time. So that is my advice. Okay, let's do the third one. I never finish anything I start. I'm in my early 20s and I have started noticing how I finish 
whatever task I start with. I'm still studying and every time I start with a topic, I continue with it for some time. And once it starts getting difficult, I feel this urge to switch to something else. Even if I stick through with it, I end up procrastinating it and distract myself with something else and never get anything done. It isn't just limited to academics, but also life. I try to build a habit or stick to a decision, but midway, I always feel the urge to switch. It is ruining my life because I am now confused about everything, including job fields. Any advice would be very helpful. I am sick of being this way. Okay, this one is really focused on academics and jobs, but I actually really do struggle with this as well. I don't struggle with it, but I am also a victim of never finishing anything I start, but when it comes to hobbies. So I used to like always start things like, for example, I was obsessed with One Direction, so I started a One Direction fan page on Instagram, and then eventually I just didn't really like it anymore, so I deleted the fan page. And then I really enjoyed coffee and going out to new cafes at a time, so I started this coffee testing page where I would review different cafes, and then I like gave up after three posts. And also stuff like I wanted to try, I mean, like, for example, I do rock climbing, but I don't go regularly. It's not like I'm like continuously going, like I'll just go when I want, like I go very sporadically. And I think like, because now I'm fine with it. I'm fine with not finishing because I feel like this is just a very, very deep societal belief that is ingrained into all of us. The belief that we need to stay the same and our interests need to stay the same and we need to just continue developing the same skills until we're experts and we're only worth it if we are experts at something which this is the root belief in this post and also what i feel when i constantly switch from activity to activity like i feel like i'm i get i used to get really annoyed with myself because of that but I realized like, actually, this is not something I believe is bad. It's just what other people tell me is bad. And what is, I mean, because for the longest time with careers and jobs, people would stay in the same career for decades and then retire. And you would just get so good at your job and you just continue doing the same thing. I mean, we are seeing a shift in the in our attitudes towards jobs and the job market in general where people are changing jobs like every few years every month i don't even know whatever you want this core it's not a problem but just this core struggle that this person is feeling just comes from this core belief that we don't have value in activities in jobs and whatever unless we are experts at it and we've done it for a long time and once you realize that your this belief is just controlling the way you feel and then you stop it and don't let it then you're going to be living your best life i realized that and when i started realizing actually it's okay to let myself just do my hobbies whenever i want like okay i like pottery but that doesn't mean i go every single week or i do something every single month i might go every few months and stuff like that but that doesn't mean i can't like pottery and I can't say that I do pottery because it's still something I enjoy. It might not be something I do every single day, but it's still something I enjoy. It, it's like just a little piece of you. I feel like for a lot of us, our job and our hobbies, they have to make up such big parts of us that we feel like we are comprised of all of these different parts. But actually when you realize, okay, no, I make up myself, my values, my beliefs, my hobbies, my enjoyment, and then these things that I like to do just make up a little bit of me. And that can change. And that is totally fine. That is how I would approach this. Um, when it comes to looking for jobs and stuff like that, I mean, <laughs> I'm in the middle of this right now because I feel like I enjoy so many things. So I really can't decide on if I were to go back to grad school, what I would do in grad school, or if I were to make a job change, like what I would do in my job change. I'm struggling with that as well. I feel like also the decision paralysis can be a big problem as well is like, you don't want to make a decision because there are so many other options out there. I just read this study from the book, from a book. It was called Defining Decade. Uh, the study was like 
they conducted research where in a grocery store, a person was offering samples of jam. And on their little like sample table, they had six options. And I can't remember how many people chose to buy jam after, but they did another round of the experiment where instead of just six options for jam on the sampling table, there were 24 options. And having so many options on the table was just so overwhelming for everyone that less people ended up buying jam when they left the store because of how many options there were. And I feel like that can be kind of, it can kind of apply to our life because when you think about like how many options you have, you get a little bit overwhelmed. But I think the biggest, most important thing to do is just take one step forward. Just take it one step forward at a time. Take a job. If it's not your favorite job, it's not the biggest, it's like not the end of the world. Again, as I said, we're in our mid 20s. It's not the end of the world. If it's not your favorite job, you can still learn from your current job and then eventually change into something that you think will fit you a little bit better. Not every decision that you make has to be the one that you stick with forever. Every single decision that you will make will teach you something about the next decision. And eventually you will get to the point where you know what you're looking for and choose, I guess, what you want to stick with forever. I mean, that can also apply to dating, right? You'll you'll date someone and then maybe things don't work out and then you'll date someone else and then you'll kind of start refining what you want in a relationship because these people will show you things that you never even realized were important. So, yes, I am a big struggler of not finishing things I start, but recently I've realized like that is totally fine. Like it's not up to the collective society to determine if I'm a good pottery maker Like I am just, I determine that I can go when I want. I can make what I want. And that is on that. Let's go to the last question submission of this episode. It is, how do I stop feeling jealous of others? I noticed I get jealous recently. I want to be truly happy for my friends, but when I hear them tell me good news from my heart, I don't truly feel happy for them. How do I cleanse myself and stop feeling jealous for others? Okay, I have two main things I want to touch on with this jealousy submission. The first is your emotions are always just telling you something subconsciously. This was something I was working on in my counseling session yesterday because, for example, Yesterday, when I was when I was talking to my counselor, I was telling him that I feel really angry and he was trying to break it down for me and be like, well, what is your anger stemming from? What is it telling you? And then I realized actually my anger is coming from being sad, being confused, being guilty. And so you can see your emotions are really just a mask of telling you what you need and how you are feeling. So if you are feeling jealous of someone, I feel this too. Don't worry about it. Think about what that jealousy is telling you. So for example, let me think about something that I am jealous of. I am jealous of one of my friends. She seems to be very clear with what she wants in life. And I'm really jealous of that because I feel like I enjoy so many things and I don't know what to do and I just feel very lost. So I'm very jealous of her very ambitious and clear goal-oriented mindset. But when I break down my jealousy and I think about why am I jealous of her, I am jealous because, let me think about it right now, I'm jealous of that being so determined and ambitious because I personally feel like I am not at all as ambitious and determined as her about anything in my life. I feel like I also want to have a very clear idea of my goals. And also I am jealous because I want to have a clear direction. Something like that. You know what I mean? 
we could also break down another example. Another example might be, okay, I am jealous of my friend having a really happy and healthy relationship because I don't have one right now. So then I feel, okay, why am I jealous? Okay, I am jealous because she was able to find someone who really connects well with her. I am jealous because I never had. Okay, no, that's not true. I'm jealous because right now I don't have a happy and healthy relationship that I can be a part of because I'm single. And I am jealous because, well, it doesn't seem like there's many options out in Vancouver for me to date. I don't know, something like that. Getting into the root of why you are feeling jealous, I think can help you pinpoint how you move forward. Because if you realize, oh, okay, for example, going back to me being jealous of my friend for being so ambitious and determined, I can then kind of take why I feel jealous and go, okay, well, maybe I need to readjust and focus more on figuring out what I want to do because I haven't been putting in enough time and effort into that. I'll be honest. And maybe when I feel jealous of my friend having a really happy and healthy relationship, I can put that into, okay, how do I better myself so that my next relationship will be even healthier and I won't feel like I have to compromise on basic needs for myself. Something like that. That's the first thing I want to touch on with jealousy. The second thing I want to touch on with jealousy is that just because someone has something doesn't mean it won't happen to you. So for example, I am sometimes jealous or I used to get jealous over my friends having lots of TikTok followers. But just because they have lots of TikTok followers and I currently do not doesn't mean that those followers will never exist in my life, right? That doesn't mean that they, the followers can't also happen to me. I also am not even on TikTok anymore, so this example doesn't really apply. I deleted TikTok a while ago. But realizing that just because an opportunity happens to someone else doesn't mean that it won't happen to you too. Maybe you're jealous like, oh, my friend got a really competitive job offer with really nice benefits and a really like chill manager and a really great work environment and you're really, really jealous. That doesn't mean that all jobs with competitive pay and happy work environments and chill managers don't exist anymore. I I can assure you that there are plenty. (laughs) Realizing that too, our world is literally filled with so many opportunities and maybe the one that comes for you isn't what you originally imagined. That is okay. That is something you have to realize will happen is that you might not have or get what you originally pictured. And the problem is with that is that most of the time we only imagine and picture what we already know. So you literally have no idea what else could be out there. Human beings are so trained on familiarity. We want things that are familiar. We are uncomfortable by new things. So when you start to imagine your goals and imagine what you want, you only go for things that you are already aware of and things you already know. When there's literally a whole universe out there of things that you don't even know exist yet. That, I think, is really important to keep in mind. All right, my camera's overheating again, which means I'm going to end this episode. It's a perfect time to end. I hope you enjoyed, found some things a little bit helpful. I will talk to you next week. I'm so excited to be podcasting again. Now that my mouth has recovered and I can talk, I'm so glad. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you next week for another episode of Over Easy. Bye.